0: The Science and Art of Pricing podcast is for those business people who want to tackle the mysteries of pricing products and services. As we discuss the challenging world of pricing, we'll hear from some of the greatest minds, share practical tips and best practices on how to use pricing to create a competitive advantage. Thanks for listening. welcome to today's podcast of the science and art of pricing today's special guest is dan zata who's one of the leading advisors and thought leaders in the field of pricing dan has been active for 20 years as a management advisor and he's worked on over 600 projects in more than 40 countries he's the author of the international bestseller the pricing model revolution which has been translated in 10 different languages, and has been defined by the pricing guru, Philip Kotler, as the best pricing book. I actually have a copy of this book myself, and I found it extremely informative, and I would echo Philip Kotler that this truly is one of the best pricing books. The Financial Times defined him as one of the world's leading pricing minds, and he's been recognized among the top five pricing thought leaders on LinkedIn as one of the most engaging and impactful pricing thought leaders globally so welcome to the show Dan thank you very much thanks for having me it's a pleasure and thanks for accepting it I'd like to jump right into it I'd like to jump right into the discussion of pricing Pricing is difficult. Everybody would say that while marketing, you can make little videos, you can do social media advertisement, you can do all sorts of things in marketing. Pricing is scary. However, over the past couple of years, it sounds like that more and more companies are taking pricing more seriously as a source of competitive advantage. So what is the reason? What's the reason that over the past couple of years, more and more companies are hiring pricing managers, pricing directors, even pricing executives, and they're taking pricing as a new source of competitive advantage.
1: Yes, pricing and especially innovative pricing models are the new source of competitive advantage. This is the key message of the book, The Pricing Model Revolution that was published by Wiley. In the last five years, many things changed that elevated pricing to such an importance. A first element that changed are technological advancements. Digital technologies (coughs) enable also small companies to propose, for example, innovative pay-per-use pricing models. This would not have been possible more than five years ago. A second element that emerged in the last years is an increased price volatility. We all witnessed the unexpected price explosions of raw materials after the pandemic. Also inflation became a critical phenomenon in most geographies. Because of this volatility, pricing became a key priority on the agenda of also those CEOs who until then had no pricing on their agenda. A third factor is the quickly changing willingness to pay, both for B2C and B2B customers. Wars, economic crises, inflation effects, and others are reasons why customers in several industries and countries have decreasing willingness to pay. This forces companies to find new ways to monetize the value that they provide to the clients. Pricing is therefore again a key element to find the solution to this challenge. Last but not least, innovative pricing models are becoming more and more critical to secure a competitive advantage. This is the case, for example, for a number of companies who bring new offerings to the market, where they no longer only offer a physical product, but also a service or a software linked to it. By introducing new offerings with innovative price models, companies secure monetization while creating a competitive advantage, but also companies who do not innovate their offering can become creative on the pricing side and unlock growth and profit opportunities. Okay, so do you have any examples of companies, because you've worked with lots
0: of companies, do you have any examples of companies that that really haven't been innovating in terms of their products but they've innovated their pricing models and thereby ended up continuing to grow.
1: Yeah, this is a a great question. There are indeed many industries and companies doing great things on the pricing model side. And the book, The Pricing Model Revolution is full of examples on those. Here a case of a comedy theater. Imagine you sell fun comedies. You sell the entrance to the theater for 35 euros. Mm -hmm. Spectators arrive at the theater, pay the entrance price, and then enjoy the comedy. Suddenly, taxes or theater prices are increased. Also, your prices increase. Spectators stay away. You massively lose revenues. You start generating losses. You risk to go out of business. But the quality of your comedies did not change. Also, your offering is unchanged. Your comedies still provide a lot of value as they entertain spectators who laugh and enjoy the show. Your problem is the price model. So the question is, how can you change your pricing model to monetize the way delivered and become profitable again? Here, the solution found by a company in Spain, pay per laugh. You just pay when you laugh. Each seat was fitted with a facial recognition device, and when you laugh, you pay. If you do not laugh, you do not pay nothing. This is a very innovative way to monetize the way a company prices its offerings.
0: That's fantastic i actually remember reading about it in the book and i remember thinking how innovative and creative it is in the world of pricing where instead of by admission you know you you pay per laugh at the comedy club and and of course the book mentions how well you can also game the system and say you don't actually want to sit and laugh so they don't recognize that you laugh but really who would be the idiot who calls you a comedy club and focuses on not laughing.
1: Yeah, actually, if you go to YouTube, you can search for paper off, you will find an amazing video that shows really how they did it. It's really worthwhile. Looking at it. it is really nice watching it. That's a great example.
0: Moving forward with with the book, the book talks about what I call the four pillars of the pricing framework when it comes to pricing strategy, and then pricing implementation, price setting and price steering these four elements that exist, why are these four elements so critical in a successful uh, pricing organization?
1: I developed this pricing framework to cover all key elements of pricing. The first element called price strategy is key to guide the way a company should monetize. The company's leadership decides here, for example, if it is okay to prioritize profits over volumes and market share. Here, a company also decides which pricing models to apply, setting the strategic direction for all pricing activities. Once the price strategy is clearly defined, the second element kicks in. This is the price setting. Here, a company decides how to set prices. For example, based on cost plus or doing this in a better way, namely based on value. The next element is then price implementation. Once prices are set, negotiations, terms and conditions, discounts and other similar topics become relevant all these are determined here finally price steering helps defining all the price controlling reporting and analytics that help monitoring and ensuring that we are on track to reach the profitability targets that we are aiming for all these elements are key elements of price management so companies need to focus on one more than the other as they need to optimize a specific element of price management so the focus or specific elements can differ from company to company. Based on my personal experience of more than 20 years of management advisory, I often see issues related to a missing or suboptimal price strategy, which is really key to ensure the monetization of value delivered to customers. And this is the reason why I wrote the book called The Pricing Model Revolution to deep dive this strategic aspect of how to monetize. A number of other key elements are covered in my second Wiley book called the 10 Roots of File Effective Pricing. In
0: fact, that book is still coming. I ordered it a few weeks ago and somehow, I don't know if they're coming. I also ordered that book from you. So the pricing revolution is a fantastic book. And I thought, you know, if that book is similar, then I can only gain from it. The pricing model revolution book talks a lot about the new pricing models, creative, innovative pricing models and that more and more companies are switching to these uh, innovative pricing models from transactional pricing model to per use, et cetera. What is the reason? What's wrong with transactional? What's wrong with the fact that, hey, I have a product, here you go. Thank you very much for your payment. Here's the product. That's a transactional pricing model, but they're moving off of it into something more creative and it's increasingly happening around the world in various industries. Tell me a little bit about
1: why this shift. Sure. Most companies started with some form of transactional pricing model. The way it works is easy and we all know it. You just described it. You pay so many euros and you get the ownership of a product or service. The reason of the change is that both our clients needs and the market context are changing. We therefore need to be prepared to better capture the value that customers perceive. In some cases, not all your clients need to be addressed with new price models. But maybe, for some segments, new price models can become a decisive source of competitive advantage. Here one example. Imagine you are the CEO of a premium producer of dishwashers. Your clients are large hotel or restaurant chains. You sell the machines for a high price in a transactional model getting so much money and handing over the property of the machine. You are a hidden champion, growing in your market niche globally. At some point, your target market is saturated. It becomes hard to grow further. So you search for new growth opportunities. What you find is a new target segment. Cool and young entrepreneurs opening smart bars and cafes. These might be in she resorts or next to beautiful windsurfing spots like in the northern part of the island, Sardinia, where I was windsurfing last summer. The problem is that you are a premium player and too expensive for these small entrepreneurs. In addition, many of the bars and restaurants are only open in the winter or summer season. So why should they pay a high fixed price for only six months of use in one year? You question yourself, how can I maintain the premium and sell to this new target segment? Here what the company Winterhalter did. They offered a pay-per-wash pricing model. You, as a small pub, pay only for the washing cycles, which is what you want. You get the machine, it is installed, you get washing powder, as well as spare parts, all this without being charged. However, you pay 300 euros for so many washing cycles. This allowed Winterhalter to win your clients and grow in a profitable way, maintaining the premium they were so successful that they have been copied. With a transactional pricing model, where Winter Alta would only have been able to sell the property of the machine for a high price, this growth and additional profit would not have been possible.
0: So would you mind summarizing the idea of this new pricing model? What is really the essence of it? I, I understand that there's a lot of pricing managers listening, trying to understand the, the various ways of pricing and pricing models In this case what would be
1: the the core idea behind it the central idea is to understand the need of the client clean dishes in the case of vintage clients and how a pricing model can overcome purchasing barriers to satisfy a need in a profitable way this requires a clear understanding of customer needs and what they value so this is the central idea speaking of pricing managers
0: listening to our conversation I myself am a pricing manager and I keep thinking, well, which one is the right one for me? The book talks about subscription, pay per use, pay per result, neuropricing, and there's actually 10 different ways, pricing models that you discuss in your book in great detail. Which one is the right one for my company? How do we decide what is the right
1: pricing model? Can you elaborate on that a little bit? Sure. There is not a rigid rule of what works in which industry and for which company, as it always depends on the precise customer need and how to find an innovative way to satisfying it. In the book, I present several price models. You could, however, create new ones, combining and creating hybrids. The sky is the limit to what you can do. Still, you can observe that some pricing models are more common in certain industries, like subscriptions in the software markets. The
0: podcast is called The Science and Art of Pricing. And I I do think as I listen to you more and I also read the the book, that there is science and there's definitely art in in pricing. Can you give me a couple of examples? I know one of the examples that you mentioned earlier, I believe, was Adobe. And Adobe is being a, a pioneer of switching from transactional pricing to more subscription based and and some of those more creative ways. Can you elaborate on that a little bit?
1: Sure. Indeed, when you think about success stories in the field of subscriptions, the so-called software as a service system, the first companies that uh, usually people think of are companies like LinkedIn, Salesforce, but not necessarily Adobe. And this is wrong. In fact, Adobe is the software company famous for products like Photoshop, PostScript, or Acrobat, that is one of the most successful pioneers on this front. In the year 2013, marked their transition from a sales model based on product to a subscription model. Adobe traditionally sold their design and publicationware in the form of physical products, packed and distributed with a perpetual license, where customers paid only once, only when they decided to buy the software and use it for an undetermined period of time. The model was profitable and Adobe earned quite a great margin. 19% was the net profit margin they had. But it was an inflexible business model also with some advantages. It did not allow the company to establish a permanent relationship with customers nor did it allow for upgrading the software. This is why it stopped Adobe from offering a constant flow of innovations and improvements with them also the possibility of generating a constant flow of income. The solution came in from a radical shift to Adobe Creative Cloud, a subscription model based on cloud services, replacing the old model of disks and licenses by using the cloud. Customers receive frequent software updates as well as a series of new services online. The approach to monetization changed from a unitantum purchase, for example, of $1,800 to $50 a month for the entire Creative Cloud. And this, sustained by a massive communications campaign, the change proved to be enormous success. Adobe's market capitalization amounted to $22.5 billion dollars when they launched the new model by 2013. By 2021, it had risen to over 269 billion with an annual turnover of 16 billion. So really amazing. Incredible
0: success. And, and that only happened 10 years ago. The, 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 the success of Adobe is obviously a, a pattern for other SaaS companies to follow. And now it's quite common to, uh, to price by subscription. Final question and final discussion point that I'd like to uh, bring to the table here is, we talk about creative ways to price. Not all companies are very receptive to uh, change or receptive to experimentation. Some of them are quite resistant to it. What are some of the best practices that you could share about how to implement change in organization, especially
1: when it comes to pricing change? Yeah, to, to succeed with new Revenue models, companies can follow some general principles. These ensure that when you elaborate a new price model, you take into account key points. Here are the four general principles to follow. First, fully understand what kind of needs you want to address. Second, set up the best fitting pricing model to satisfy these needs. Third, define the appropriate price metrics. For example, are clients paying per kilometer, per laugh, usage in hours and so on and finally define the price ranges and price points so as you can see there are a series of decisions to take and the structured path to follow
0: out of these four points when it comes to defining the right pricing model as you mentioned earlier before there's not necessarily a best pricing model for you there's better ones there's ones that fit yourself fit your organization a little bit better and there's probably some room to experiment how do you do it with price points because how do you actually decide how do you get a little bit closer to understanding what is that optimal price point
1: you can uh, do some surveys before you launch your price model by uh, proposing price points to a panel of customers and understand how they react to this Dan Zatta, thank you
0: so much for your time and the great knowledge. Before we leave, though, I do want to remind everyone to look into The Pricing Model Revolution by Dan Zatta. It's a fantastic read with with lots of creative ideas about pricing models and what works, what works better, what works a little bit less. And uh, hopefully that will allow the continuation of the pricing model revolution that we've been seeing over the past couple of years. Again, thank you so much for being a guest.